Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. and queens, angels, and saints, ladies and gentlemen, TGIF, oh my, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, I am your host, G, thanks so much for being with us today, yes, we are live today, uh, well, and in, in some other time, this won't be live, but, you know, at least today is live, thank God, and I'm here with my, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, because we're going to talk serious stuff, but we're going to talk some fun stuff, and we never have enough time, so let's get started. We are here with the CEO of Never Had It So Good Networks, Princess Cooper. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Gretchen. I am good. How about you? Right now, I am starting to get real sore. <laughs> I went out walking, and I'm glad I did it. I went out walking with one of my cousins. We hadn't done it in a while, um, you know, so I didn't do the typical um, you know, thing at the gym, we went walking, and um, mm-hmm. glad I did, gave us the time to catch up, you know, and because you get so busy, and you never really have a chance to catch up, so, yeah. you know, it, it was good, you know, and, but, you know, and it was, it, it was distracting, because for me, I would have probably um, just done 30 minutes said, okay, I'm good, or 45, said, I'm good, and just said, okay, I'm done. We ended up walking probably, I would say, well, I know at least an hour, probably close to an hour and a half, and I like getting outside and walking rather than the treadmill, so, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> so, and then so the talking and catching up makes the time really fly by, and, you know, we say we're going to try to do that more often, so that's good. You know, so you get your exercise in, you do your bonding, and it's really nice. So, yeah, I'm good. Well, and then the the residual effects of that is worth it, you know. Um, We need to to exercise our bodies, and um, and then, you know, that's, Double edge, you got a chance to catch up and to get a little exercise in there and be out in nature. That's three things for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I love being able to do the, the outdoors if I can, you know, and it's kind of hard sometimes if you're walking in your neighborhood or you're not walking along the main street because then you've got all of that uh, poison in the air. So we were able to get, we walked on the West Orange Trail, and part of it is by the street, but then the other part of it, we, you know, you go by and um, and there's still like a lot of trees and stuff to filter the air, and you go and see, you know, different different things. This part of the trail is by a golf course and all that, so it was nice, nice. So, amen, Gretchen. How about amen. you? How have you been? Um, Gretchen, very very busy. Um, I'm embarking on a new. Um, project business venture and um been working on that and just having great people in your circle really makes this task um easier um because there's always things that 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 come up and um but um just very busy in trying to attack one more goal and, and a shout out to you know those who are assisting me with it so um but very busy. That new shows. I got a new show launching this Sunday um, with two coaches out of um, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, um, and they are track coaches that have been around quite some time, and they're going to talk track and field and cross country um, once a month. Sundays at 7 p.m. Coach Gerald Richard and Coach Fred Rucker 
thank you. And that is launching this Sunday at 7 p.m. Well, good, good. Maybe I'll get a chance to, to tune in because, you know, my, my, my favorite time of year uh, in terms of sports is, is back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But I do yeah. feel like I needed to touch on uh, a couple of things uh, today uh, because I haven't really had a chance to talk about it. I haven't had anybody to talk with it, about it with, and I really want to get somebody that has a little more insight on to talk about it. But there's at least at least at least a couple of things I got. I, I'm getting Kevin Anderson back on as soon as he he can free up his schedule because he's been very busy. But um, so in the news this week, there are a couple of things. One is about well, I don't know what you begin with first. So let's talk about the kids in, in Bunnell, Florida, and Flagler County, the African American kids who were pulled out, you know, into an assembly of fourth and fifth graders to talk about how bad they're doing in school and and um, what they can what can happen to them if they don't you know straighten up their grades and I'm thinking you know in my conspiracy theory mind and my jaded sense that this is more about the the school and and the grades and how the school is looking versus how the kids are doing because then if that if it was the kids and you'd have a little bit more sensitivity to the kids then to pull them and you know single them out and pull them in a bunch and say y'all are the bad kids that may end up getting, because and if you don't straighten up the grades, you may end up getting shot or whatever. And if you straighten up your grades, then we'd send you and get you some bad food from McDonald's. How's that? So I'm simplifying, I'm wow. simplifying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. <laughs> and this, that's a mild word for it, you know? So, so they have this assembly where they pull these kids out, just just African American kids, okay. Now, wow. my you know, and you know, the kids going home is like, you know, what did I do? You know, am I that bad? You know, what is this really going to happen to me? And you know, fourth and fifth graders, you know, I mean, these kids are still, you know, being formed, and you are damaging them, you know. And saying that yeah. there may not be a problem, but how you dealt with it was a problem. <laughs> I am just, yeah. and I am so, I, I, I'm almost in tears about it. I'm really riled up about it. I'm, I'm, I wished I knew if there was something that I could do about it. And all I got is this platform. So this is what I got, you know. Um, I, and you know, I, I don't see. How did you not get with the parents ahead of time to let them know that this is what you were going to do? How did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't to, really to my, you know, to my, to ahead, my students. No, I just want to say mm-hmm. this. Parents and to my students, y'all are fine. You know, all of us are imperfect. We're called humans. And by mm-hmm. nature of that, we are imperfect. And we all need work okay apparently the people that did this need some work of their own okay yeah. but but we, we you know you've got and you you obviously forgot what it meant to be a child at that age and, and what affects children and what they remember they will remember this yeah oh yeah so I'm, I'm upset this. I'm sorry go ahead well, I, I go back because we, we both have a lot of educators in our family. But I, I, yes. I go back and I wonder um, what made them feel this was a good idea when they discussed the fact that there there are um, some students in each one of their classrooms that may not be to where they need to be. It was a good idea. Hey, let's just go ahead and call them all, all of the ones that are failing or not at expectations, call them all in the room together. Um, and uh, tell them why they're they're there and and make them feel bad. Because once you are in a room um, together and you you realize that everybody's there is there for something negative, um, it it will be a negative impact the the rest of your time, your life, because those are formative years if you're talking about fifth graders. So I don't know how they thought this was a positive idea. Thank goodness that 
that my parents and my mom, you know, never used negative reinforcement. Um, and there were times where you would say, okay, now here are the consequences. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. But there was always positive influence in, in, in my life, even if I knew if I did this, I'm going to get a spanking for this, you know. Um, you you got to have some cheerleaders in your life, and your teachers and principals and 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 coaches and your parents should always be on the cheerleading side. I don't understand this at all. Um, and to single out um, a certain level of student or a certain culture of student, I mean, is beyond beyond crazy. So, but but here we go, and we keep thinking we've taken a step forward in in our racial interaction. And then we're proven wrong. And I have to say, I, I mean, and there may be other factors. I don't know the whole situation, but I, I am almost certain that the actions taken by our, our governor, um, <laughs> the sat the sat the satanist, um, I'm sure that his lead on dealing with African American issues, boldness to just go ahead and say, you know. We're gonna snatch all of these children out, and 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 uh, we're gonna, you know, and they even talked about how, I guess one of the children was an example of how it means to, you know, go from having bad grades to to you know being you know improving and stuff like that. And it's like, do you know what that's going to do to that child? You know, in terms of. You know, I mean, you, you, you want to be proud of that child, but at the same time, that child is going to get ostracized by his peers. You yeah. know, why are you making us look bad? You know that's going to happen. And it may be yeah. wrong, but it's going to happen. Do you yeah. not remember what it's like being a child? Yeah. Um, I, Like I said, I, I am sure that all – different responses were considered and in their consideration they still went to saying this is a good idea and we're going to do this and and they executed it so here we are now um and while we're saying that the kids may not been up to the expectations or the level that they wanted them to be neither are the neither are the staffers the, the educators and the principal who allowed this to go on they need to be replaced or at least yes. up, or at least given a warning um, they did not live up to the standards of anybody that's trying to be in the in the, the realm of education. Th- that that was a bad idea all the way around. And not only did they think of it, they implemented it and executed it. And here we are. You know, it's really it's upsetting to me because it's part of it's like we're losing our our way in terms of being sensitive human beings in our efforts to try to produce results, okay? You know, because it's not just this case. And we don't – and part of the other problem is, uh, unfortunately, in some cases, we're not teaching our children to be as sensitive either and, and just for the sake of results. And my other example is the hazing uh, thing that took place in Vieira, Florida, um, where, you know, it, no one wanted to say anything about it because everybody is, is no, they can't remember anything else but snitches get stitches, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a cute little thing. But, I mean, when it comes to reality, sometimes you have to speak out and just suffer the consequences. Um, the, there was uh, hazing that got put on social media, and so they're talking about, uh, well, they may not have a, a football season this year and and this and, and that and, and, you know, the impact on the school and everything. And, um, you know, and we've gotten into that mentality where the, the uh, I, I, I'm thinking about, I guess, a phrase maybe that comes from a movie or comes from the needs of the many outweigh the need of the one. That's not always right. I'm I'm just going to put it out there. That is not always right, you know, because if one person suffers, if you have a chain and there is a uh, weak link that is not attended to, okay, and I'm not saying this person is a weak link. This is the only analogy I can come up with right now to just kind of get you all to understand. But if there's some link in a chain that is not 
attended to, then the whole chain falls apart. If you have one person in the community that is suffering, something happened to them, and if you are too busy wanting to get on with your life and not attending to this person, eventually it will impact the whole community. What happens to this person is impacting your whole community, and your whole community will fall apart if you don't deal with this properly. It should not have happened in the first place, but you've got to stop worrying about whether or not the the color guard can perform, you know, and, and other things, and the football team can, can have a season. And you've got to look at the impact that this hazing had, attack had, where they're pulling this person's um, video down, uh, excuse me, person's pants down in a video so bad that, that some stations will not show it on television, okay? You've got to look at that and and say, you know, what is it in our community? Why do we feel good enough about ourselves that we can have a, some members of our community do this to a person and then feel like, okay, it will resolve itself. Let's just go on as normal. That is wrong. It's wrong. So I need to. Gretchen, I don't. I don't think that we have. We as a we as a a people, we've always been results oriented. We've always wanted to attain results, do what it takes to get positive results. What has happened though, and 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 I will continue to harp on this is that um, since uh, um, the election of Donald Trump. We have been okay with crossing a moral line, crossing a line of decency, crossing the line of just trying to do the right thing in the right way. Now it's okay to say what you want, do what you want, and be what you want, be what you want, and to be racially insensitive. And we are, as a culture, we are divided. And how we take care of things for any race, is just the line of decency is gone. And that line of decency is now infiltrated, you know, politicians and our education system, and here we are. Because now we're making an example of black kids and saying we're not going to, you know, African-American studies are not going to be where you can get a core requirement from it. Um, you can take class, with, you know, there's no other results besides taking the class or You know, we're going to make sure that there is no wokeness in the state of Florida. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, so that line is gone. And now it is um, really okay and avant-garde to say, okay, you know, we're we're going to be as racially sensitive as we want. And we're going to pull these black kids out and say, hey, you all aren't, aren't, aren't cutting the muster. And everything attached to it. And here we are. And we don't have people that are, are people, and don't get me wrong, I understand about, you know, the possibility of losing jobs and, and other and relationships and stuff, you know, but we have people back in the 60s that were willing to sacrifice jobs and relationships and even their lives to get certain things taken care of. You know, with, with this mm-hmm. thing with African-American studies, I heard one instructor or one one person that was like well you know i, I you know i would i don't you know can't say anything about it because or i don't want to do anything about it because you know i may lose my pension mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i'm yeah and i and yeah that's i'm not saying it's not a valid concern but we've had people to lose more than just a pension because they took a stand on the side of right you know and the bottom line, everybody, is all of this stuff that, that you're worrying about down here on earth, it's going away. Soon as you croak and end up in the coffin, you know, that's not going to be your worry. Your worry is going to be about your soul and where it's going. And did you do, are you going to be able to answer the tough questions when you get to the ultimate place? This is transitory. Yeah. You know. I agree with you, but we, I don't know, and I'm being real serious here, 
because this is something I think I think about every day. I don't know how many people think about um, <laughs> um, the afterlife or pleasing God and getting to the pearly gates and understanding heaven and hell and making sure to try to good decisions based off of your Christian principles. How many people and do that? Lies the problem. That? There that's, you go. That's the problem. That is the problem. You know, we don't think beyond today. You know, oh, we no. don't think beyond. <laughs> sometimes we don't think beyond yesterday. We're still worrying about what did and didn't happen, what should and should not should should have and should have not happened, and all this kind of stuff. And and the not being forward thinking and not taking the lessons of the past. Not taking the lessons of the past and applying them to the future, okay? Because if you did, you know, you would handle stuff a lot differently. And not saying I, I'm not. Hey, let me let me let me preface all of this. This is not a perfectionist talking to you. This is a person that is working on a daily basis to try to get better, to just, you know, maybe say, hey, you know, maybe, maybe God will decide to let me in. You know, I'm working on a maybe, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm working on a maybe. I'll, I'll, you know, do what it takes and, you know, take what I can get just for a maybe. But, 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 I mean, come on. Look at how many people in your lives that you've lost that have gone on. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're gone, you know, and you've got to worry about, you know, you getting, you know, to the next step and the people that you can help get to the next step, you know, that you can help along the way that you can take with you if you can, you know, and that's, that, like I said, that's part of the problem is we're we're not really – Forward thinking, and a, and a lot of us are Christians by name, but in terms of by action, that's a whole different story, you know. Yeah. But I just, you know, like I said, I could not go, and, you know, I've had recordings all, all week because I've been focused on a lot of different things and just haven't had the best of luck getting guests this week. So this is my first live show this week. But I and I have really wanted to speak on these things because it, it they're important. Um, our children are important, you know. I mean, there there are other issues too. There's a a lady that is um, has been arrested for I think choking to death her 13 uh, year old child. You know, there there are other things. There's so many other things. I'm I'm pointing out these two because they've been in the news, and and three, you know, pointing out putting them out because they've been in the news and critical. There's a lot of stuff going on, and you know, it's time to step up. It's time to speak up. It's past time anyway. And it's you know, and sometimes you got to make a sacrifice just to make sure that the right thing is done. And sometimes it's just for one person, and sometimes it's for more. You know, but you know you got to look back, and, and and when you look at your lives, and when people talk about your lives and stuff like that, you know. And, and actually, to be honest, you, you don't need to worry about what people are gonna say about you at the end. <laughs> you you really don't know, you know. I mean, you, you don't want people making up stuff, but and it, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know what you do, good or bad. But the thing is, even if they say bad stuff about you, if you've done the good stuff. It only matters to you and God. It really, that's all that matters. So, there you go. So at, at least try. At least try. So anyway, um, I want to take a quick break if we can, Princess, because uh, my mechanic rang the doorbell about 10 minutes ago. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. So I need to <laughs> start peeking on him really quick. And then I want to talk about football and sports in the upcoming season with the person that, that keeps me on track with that. So we're here with Princess Cooper of Never Had It So Good Networks. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time, and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. 
At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, I'm here with Princess Cooper of Never Had It So Good Networks. And the number, if you have questions or comments about anything that I said or something that you want to bring up, the number is 516-387-1944. But in the meantime, football season, yay! <laughs> yeah, Gretchen, oh. it's here. It's, it's here. here. Yeah, so um, we've had a couple of games. I haven't gotten a chance to watch any of them. I know my husband's caught, I think, a game or two with um, his team. Um, what do you? Well, let's. I guess let's start with college because, and I know that I have not kept up on that at all. So, um, give you know, you, I know that's your thing. You're you're in sync <laughs> with that. So, so give us an update. What's going on with that? Well, college football um, traditionally kicks off week one, Labor Day weekend, but we are in week zero, and there will be some games this weekend. Um, uh, So we'll see Jackson State and South Carolina State this weekend, and that is an HGCU game, and it will be the first jacked out Deion Sanders. We'll also see Notre Dame this weekend. Um, Notre Dame will be, will be playing Navy, and Navy is without its um, longtime coach of 10 years or more, and I, it's an Hawaiian name, and I don't want to mess it up. But so, and, and, and Notre Dame is coming in with a second-year coach that actually played for Notre, Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman. So um, this is his second year, so we're looking for great things out of him. And then um, who else is playing? USC is playing San Diego State. Um, San Jose State this um, weekend, and Caleb Williams is the quarterback for USC Southern Cal, and um, he was the Heisman Trophy winner last year in San Jose State. There is a young man on there that's the son of one of our sports talk hosts, um, Shoshana Cook. So, um, But a busy weekend. This is week zero. We really kick off college football next week on Thursday night with Florida headed to Utah, and then it it gets going from there. Um, And and we'll have games on Sunday of next weekend for college football. We'll have games next Monday, Labor Day, which will be a big deal. Florida State will play LSU. So um, um, college football is here and the NFL is here, but I always like to start off with college football. That's where people's passions are. But if you grew up in an NFL city, then you have some dual passion for sure. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I grew up at a time where the, we we had one football team in the state, and that was the Miami Dolphins, and it was a big mm-hmm. deal. And, and people used to uh, take group trips on buses to go down to to Miami to support the Dolphins. You know, that's that's how that's where that's when I grew up. You know, now we got three yeah. teams. You know, um, and, and uh, you know, I'm I guess I'm I like Miami still. That's still going to be number one for me. Uh, in, you know, in terms of you know supporting and, and nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. But my team is the Bucks, um, and I guess we have Baker Mayfield now as the quarterback. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, former University of Florida quarterback, are battling for for the number one position, and it looks like it's leaning towards Baker Mayfield. But I I have to say that Kyle Trask is a pure quarterback and has performed well in preseason. But if you're talking about experience, I think it's um, Baker Mayfield. He has been named the starter, um, and the Buccaneers announced the other day that it's time to bake, and that means that Baker Mm. Mayfield – as the name, the starter for 
the Buccaneers. But I, I'd have to say Kyle Trask, if anything happens, that they got a, um, a solid um, backup quarterback who, um, you know, mentored under Tom Brady for two years. So let's see how that works out. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Anna, I didn't mean to bypass that. USF, going back to college for a minute. Uh, USF, yeah. their first game is on the 2nd at 3.30. They play Western Kentucky. So, um, mm-hmm. And uh, they have, a, I guess, a coach by the name of Roe. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. As a matter of fact, I took a look at him and, uh, with something that we were doing. But um, he's in a tough position with a team that only won one game last year. And um, yeah. he, he has been tasked with trying to turn turn that around. Um, and let's see if they can. You know, they're in the the, the AAC, the American Athletic Association, um, Conference, and um, but a really tough season. Um, and, and, you know, I want to see if they can do better with that. Uh, gosh, it was it wasn't Charlie Strong was there. I thought that was a yeah a a a, a good opportunity. But then Charlie Strong went off to to bigger and better things, and so here we are. Um, but you know, I know that's your alma mater, and we all cheer with passion for our alma mater. And it being from the state of Florida, I want to see them do well, do better. Do yeah, better. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this coming from somebody that was there when they did not have a football team. So, you know, yeah. it's like when they finally got one, you know, because basketball was a big thing when I went to school there, and they did not have a football mm-hmm. team. So when they got one, it was like, oh, good, you know. What, you know, I want to see them. They're, so they're a relatively young team, um, I guess, what, 90s, since the 90s maybe? So You know, I, I can't remember, but I think you are correct. They They have – it's not like they've been around – for a hundred years is relatively young, about forty years in, which will put right. it around the nineties. So yeah, so I, I'm hoping that they'll have a, a better year and uh, go go Bucks um, and go Bulls. So both of them. I want to ask you though um, about, I, and I know we're switching up a little bit uh, in terms of sports and stuff like that, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about. Uh, how are you, what are you thinking now in terms of uh, how the players have been treated and, and ha- cared for since the Demar Hamlin incident? Well, I think that, and I said this over and over, Demar Hamlin, if this was going to happen to him, it couldn't have happened in a better place, and that is. Um, in a stadium on a football team, a professional football team, with the best medical um, staff available every night. And then with ambulatory service there, too, and they were able to get him to the hospital quickly after they revived him on the field. Um, I I think the NFL gets a bad rap because long-term they have not done what they needed to do as far as concussions are concerned or with those that are retired. Um, so they get a bad rap. But, it, you know, with what is on the field now as far as the medical staff is the cream of the crop, and it is like that for every NFL team. And I think that is what saved DeMar Hamlin is that everybody realized that he had gone into cardiac arrest and, arrest and that his heart had stopped and they had acted immediate and swiftly and professionally, and that saved his life. Um, so, you know, I'm concerned, though, and I've said this on radio, is that our young men, um, our youngsters are having these cardiac arrest, um, you know, episodes at a regular. You know, look at LeBron mm-hmm. James' son. And before right. that, on the same USC practice team, practice about four or five months, another player on that team had a cardiac arrest episode. University of Florida um, basketball player had it maybe three years ago, and he, Florida said he couldn't play anymore. They would not honor his him playing on the court, but they would honor his scholarship. He left Florida after a year. He sat out an entire year. After that, he left and resurfaced with you know, University of Kansas State um, and, and went deep into the playoffs and now was drafted, I think, if I'm not mistaken, by the Lakers. Um, I could be wrong on that, but he is in the NBA now, was drafted. So, um, but I, I think that, you know, going back to the NFL, um, DeMar Hamlin is here because of that NFL staff and how they, how mm-hmm. quickly they reacted. Um, and we just have to pray that um, 
gosh, that those medical staff reacts very quickly throughout this season. I've seen a lot. There have been three or four games that have where someone was carted off the field mm-hmm. in preseason the past three weeks. Um, the Patriots and the Packers discontinued playing their game when a young man yeah. started off the field. Um, and I think he had injured his neck but was was released later on that night at the hospital. Um, but because I think, Gretchen, we have a bigger, faster, um, um, athletic um, um, athlete now, that some of these injuries are going to come in football because it is still the most dangerous sport I know for, um, that is, is participated man-on-man. Okay, so I have, in dealing with that, I have a couple of questions. One, do, do you think it's that we we have more concerns now because we're actually seeing more of it because these things are televised and they've maybe been happening all the while? Or do you think that there are other factors involved? I keep wondering, I keep going back to, um, you know, especially when you think, think about heart problems in a young person, are we not necessarily caring for our children in terms of letting them have McDonald's whenever they want to type of thing? Are, are we not caring for our, our children well enough as they're coming up? And, you know, I know athletes kind of are on a different regimen and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, people cheat on their diets. We know this. Uh, I'm I'm just concerned about maybe us not caring for our youth as well in terms of diet and exercise. You know, the, you know, schools not having PE in some cases and, and other things to the point that by the time they get into these rigorous sports, that they may just not be ready for them. Well, Gretchen, I think. TV is the least of our worries. The exposure is coming from social media and all the platforms is out there, that are out there. Um, before mm-hmm. TV, an incident that is happening on a football field is on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter way before right. it is reported, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes later on TV. So the exposure is there. And, and cardiac arrest amongst athletes didn't just start happening. Actually, the revival and being able to address it has gotten a lot better. Remember Lynn Bias, the University of Maryland player who had cardiac arrest after being drafted by the Boston Celtics? I don't think he right. played a game as a professional. Um, you know, I think that he died in practice leading up to the NBA season. So this isn't, you know, um, athletes having cardiac arrest. This, this just didn't come a phenomenon. It is there in, in our face because it is so easily reported now, and we are able to share the news and comment on news and comment on incidents um, immediately. Um, so I, I think that is it, and it, it brings up a bigger concern. I just think it's always been a, been around, and I don't think it has anything to do with how we're raising kids or their diet or letting them have McDonald's or not having McDonald's. And some of this, Gretchen, I go back to saying, saying that God has a journey for all of us, um, mm-hmm. and and sometimes that journey isn't pretty. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So. Well, we want to pray for all of our, our kids and all of our athletes and, and make yeah. sure that um, they have, you know, not just a successful season or, or you know, in a healthy season, but that life in general, you know. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that whatever that we're discovering with our young and our current athletes, that that'll transition into, you know, help for the ones that are retired because I know that has always been, um, a big deal, especially with you know the resulting concussions and and what happens after that, and and you know some of them not necessarily being prepared for that life after that with dealing with those type of health issues. So. Yeah, you know, Gretchen, if there's one athlete in in the NFL that I'm worried about is Tua Tagovailoa, yes. <laughs> that is the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, who um, had three very episode episodic um um uh, concussions last year um dramatic and um where he really had um you know he, his whole body became stiff 
And so, yeah. and, I, and I, I don't know if Miami handled it right. I don't know if the league handled it right. But here he is back again um, for yeah. another season. And um, he has talked and had press conferences about um, him taking up jujitsu over the, the off season to learn how to fall. But um, as a mom, um, I, I would be concerned about Tua. And mm-hmm. I don't think jujitsu can help you um, fall with a 300-pound man on top of you and, 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 and help you with how your head will bounce. Let's hope. And I, that, that is one athlete I am praying for. If he has yeah. another concussion this year, if I was his mom, I'd run out there on the 50-yard line and say that's enough. That's I'd it. rather that's have it. less money and have my child um, than to worry about seeing him in this violent sport. And he is susceptible to concussions. And um, I, obviously the helmet has not helped. Um, yeah, and that's what I was going that to That young man's brain has next. bounced around. Yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you about that next. Do you, do you think that enough attention is being paid to the so-called protective gear that these athletes are wearing? Yeah. Well, now, now, now you have a a great point. Um, they do have the um, the the soft protection that they're using in practice now that fits over their helmet. Um, it is a very big, huge cushion helmet that fits over their their hard helmet that you see in in um, practices. It is very popular in college football. Very much the mainstay in 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 that's in the last national league national football league, so mm-hmm. um the question is are they going to now take that on into games um and i don't I don't know if they will, but obviously there's a concern and it's a violent sport, and if you get stuck just right and that bounces your brain or jars your neck um um, you know, we're going to continue to see this because, again, these athletes are bigger and faster than they were um, when I was coming up in the 70s and the 80s and 90s. And, by the way, South Florida started its football team in 1997. That's when South Florida, in the, you know, became um, a school that had the program of football on it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's not long at all. Mm-hmm. Not, <laughs> not long, long at all. At all. So that yeah. that's not even thirty years. That's not even uh-uh. thirty years. Yeah. So, so wow. And, and it's interesting. You talk. We we talk about uh, American football being such you know a dangerous sport and stuff. And you would think I, I were you know I tend to worry more about like people that play uh, basketball and soccer with the, not having protective gear. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, thinking that okay, the football players are going to be fine, and obviously they're not. But then you, you know, I'm looking at uh, someone in basketball getting an elbow to the eye, or soccer getting, uh, you know, a kick to the chin, or, or whatever. And I, I keep saying so. So why is it that, that football, American football, is you know the one that's uh, getting all of the the injuries and you know the the life altering injuries. Well, because in football it is still <laughs> it is still a part of the game to run as fast as you can and hit mm-hmm. another young man as fast as he is going <laughs> and have a collision. <laughs> and they all say yay, and we all yell and scream and say good hit. Oh wow! Because we're eating our wings and whatever. Exactly. And we've gone out to eat, and there's twenty or thirty different jumbotrons in the in the sports bar, and we're having a great time, and we're cheering this on. So, gosh, what is wrong is with still, us? Exactly. It is. Oh my gosh! The number one sport, and we rejoice when we see him coming down. <laughs> that feel as fast as he can and getting knocked out by another player going as fast as they can. You know, we're saying, get him, get him, get him. And we are. Isn't that the point? We are. If it's my team, I am saying, get him. (laughs) Knock him out. Stop him. 
you know. We, we, um, so how we, far we all how need barbaric a, are we? <laughs> we all need a mental health check. <laughs> like I was saying other week, we all yes. need Jesus a little bit more. A little more Jesus. Yes. Uh, and this sport yeah. is bringing billions, trillions to the American economy every year. Every year. So, um, and in basketball, it is not legal to tackle another young man going down the court or to trip him or to put your arm out. So, and, but these collisions happen, but they don't happen as often, and they're not legal to do. And in baseball, the same thing, you know, but you have to worry about um, how fast that baseball is coming. But they wear a protective helmet. Even in soccer mm-hmm. now, they wear shin guards. They are up yeah. under their socks, you know. They wear a shin guard. Now, that's not going to help you if someone kicks you in the face. Kicks you in the but yeah. <laughs> the most, um, I think the most dramatic injuries come in football because we cheer on collisions. And collisions yeah. happen on every play. And not just, they're 11 on 11. 11 um, on defense, 11 on offense. And probably... Mm-hmm. Seven to eight of those players on each side is colliding with another player. Um, well, then also and, too the bad, the, the other thing too is you you're talking about eleven on eleven, and actually it's not necessarily eleven on eleven. Sometimes sometimes it's eleven on one. That quarterback, <laughs> you know, well, and, and they're trying trying so hard to protect the quarterback. They're not necessarily trying to protect the other players. Well, they are if. If the ball is is first into the quarterback's hand, um, that is the idea is to converge and to stop him from even um, handing it off or passing it. But that that quarterback has a lot of protection up front, five to six players on the line. But um, it's at every position. I don't just give you know. Once the, the 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 running back gets the ball, he then is allowed that same protection, and they're trying to help him out, but. Um, I don't. I don't see the quarterback as the prima donna everybody else sees. You know, I, I think they okay. all um, need need that protection. Um, now, if you'd asked me that in the seventies and eighties, yeah, you couldn't. You, the quarterback was the prima donna, and mm-hmm. considered, you know, the leader, the face of the of the franchise. And I don't think it's less of that now as far as the face of the franchise. But there are a lot of key skill positions that have taken away from just being, you know, that prima donna. You know, the Bob Greasy days, the um, the Jim Plunkett days, the Terry Bradshaw days, Roger Staubach days are gone, where all mm-hmm. they did was back up and stay within that pocket and throw the ball. And now we're in the era with the Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilsons, you know, um, um, Deshaun Watson, even Josh Allen, they are dual-threat quarterbacks, and they run as well as they throw, and they throw as well as they run. So it's just a different era. But, again, it is a sport where collisions are promoted, encouraged, (laughs) and legal. Speaking of um, errors and stuff, so uh, an error has ended in Green Bay, and one begins with the Jets, I guess, with with, um, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers uh, switching over. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about that whole thing? Well, let me just say um, up front that Aaron Rodgers has never been one of my favorite um, people um, or favorite players in the NFL because I just think he's always been a selfish kind of human being and and promoted that. And and, and, um, even during the pandemic, um, him him and the whole COVID shot and the fact that he never took it and the fact that he said, well, I've been immunized. And, um, you know, but so, okay, well, let's talk about his his on-the-field performance. One of the better, best quarterbacks that's ever played the game. And he obviously wanted out of Green Bay. I thought he handled the situation about as poorly as he could have handled. Um, and he finally got his way and, and got out of Green Bay, and, and now he's with the New York Jets. I give the New York Jets credit for realizing that they have the opportunity 
to not only have a good defense, which they have, but to also have a good offense. And when you get in the two-time MVP, um, Super Bowl-winning quarterback, your expectations and your excitement grows. And then over the past two weeks, they now have Delvin Cook, former Florida State running back, who um, I want to say played for the Tennessee Titans. He is now a New York Jet, so they have options at running back. Um, they have a new look offense, and as a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers is playing tonight, the, his first preseason game since 2018. Um, but he want to kind of knock the rust off and see what they have. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's an excellent move by the Jets. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan, but I think he mm-hmm. makes the Jets a hundred percent better. Um, you have to understand that just because I don't like him personally doesn't mean that he isn't performing on the field because he has. And it's it's mm-hmm. going to make for a great season. He's in a division with the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and then the New York Jets. It's a winnable mm-hmm. division if the Bills falter at all. Um, but the Bills look like they are, are, are part of the cream of the crop of the AFC. But Aaron Rodgers, I think, changes this, you know. Um, Miami is struggling to to make sure they have the quarterback because I think they have great pieces around him. And then New England has not been the same New England since Tom Brady left. So Mm -hmm. they're in that division. Let's see what what happens. I wanted to ask you if you've been following the story regarding um, Michael Orr. And wanted yeah, to get your yeah. thoughts about that. Well, the, my first initial thought is that this is sad. But um, Michael Orr is claiming that at 18 he thought he was adopted. And mm-hmm. what his parents at that time handed him was conservatory papers, which is a lot just like um, Britney Spears, which means I control everything about you. I control your brand. I control all of your money, and I make decisions based off of who you are. I can make those decisions without you, and the money that comes in for this, from that, I control that too. So, and he said he was told by his parents at that time, who believed his be his parents, that they he needed to sign conservatory um, 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 agreement because at 18, that's what he needed to do because he's already, you know, he couldn't get the adoption papers. So he signed it without thinking, um, and because he said he trusted them, he later found yeah. out that. That that it was conservatory agreement and that everything from the Blind Side movie three hundred million, um, he didn't get a penny of that. His siblings, who were his um, supposedly adoptive siblings, um, got two hundred and twenty five thousand for the movie each and two million put in a trust fund from that movie. Mm. The rest went to um, his parents, and he said that they have not trickled down any of it. He is suing them. Um, for, um, you know, trying to trick him or tricking him to sign conservatory and lying to him, but also suing him to get some of that money back that he never got yeah. because they controlled all of it. Because there would not have been a story if it was not for him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. But, I mean, and maybe, it's, it's and sad. He, they came to his, his rescue, but once they realized what they had, they used him and manipulated the system and took his money. So people are criticizing or saying Sandra Bullock asked her to give her her uh, award back or whatever. She didn't know. No. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't I, know why you're going after Sandra Bullock. No. Yes. I mean, and seriously, she's doing her job. She played a part. She won. She won the role and played and played a part in the movie. And girl has had a bad bad enough year this year. You know, losing her um, husband and stuff. So y'all need to leave her alone. Lost her husband. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, so yeah, y'all need to leave her alone. I'm a, I'm a no, go after. Anyway. Go, I am too. Um, go after the parents, and they have come out yes. with a statement that said that you know um, he's just upset, and they and he said he was going yes, to do that upset. so that he can <laughs> he can promote his book. Um, but they've done nothing but be kind and nice to him, um, and he just basically said, "Be kind and nice 
and give me my money. You know, um, the movie was about him and the movie was about his life um, and Mm -hmm. him going from Ole Miss to being a Baltimore Raven. Um, I think he played in the league six or seven years. But when you look back on the movie that, again, grossed $300 million and he didn't get a million mm-hmm. of it, but his siblings <laughs> got Which millions. aren't really his siblings. Yeah. Exactly. There's something wrong with this story. Yeah, there's something wrong. I mean, and if you were really looking out for him and you were embracing him, um, you know, you you would have adopted him, even if there was an issue at the beginning. You would have adopted him at some point if he was really part of your family. Um, but you listen, know, and then just, yeah, you would have made sure. You're, I'm sorry, three hundred million. Let's say yeah. after Uncle Sam, you took home two hundred and twenty-five million. Um, at that point, twenty-five million for your kids, a hundred million for you, and a hundred million. For for Michael Orr, come mm-hmm. on, yeah, yeah. So, but that's not what they did, and that goes to show there is a greedy element in people. This I, I is don't... almost, and I hate to say this, this is almost a, a a situation where I almost wish he had been, let's say, a ward of the state or something. Yeah, you know where there are rules. The state would have treated for... him better than those those mm-hmm. human human beings did. The state as a collective would have set up parameters mm-hmm. and he would have gotten that money. Um yeah. they manipulated him. They yeah. manipulated him and said this is what you have to sign. And like I said, a conservatory means that you're in charge of everything. His bank account, anything about his brand that says Michael Orr, you're in charge of and you can make the decision without him saying a word. Mhm, and that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope he he the money that was due him, you know. And, and so mm-hmm. what if he's trying to promote his book? Fine, let him promote his book. If you all didn't do right by him, then you just didn't do right by him, and you deserve to pay. You know, I want to try to squeeze this in before we go, and yes, that please. is Northwestern football team. Um, Pat Fitzgerald was their head coach, and over the summer it came out, some of the players complained about being hazed, and they've since let Pat Fitzgerald um, go. They fired him and let the coaching staff that's there promoted an assistant to carry on throughout the year. But the hazing included taking all black players and having a watermelon contest, taking all the freshmen and stripping them naked and making them walk naked to the shower, and they call it the gauntlet, while other players would bump into them naked and let their their, their private parts bounce off of them. Um, those were just mm. some of the Mexican players um, that were on the team complain about racial division, too. But, again, um, this is at Northwestern, who, which is considered one of those Ivy League schools in the Midwest, mm-hmm. is in Chicago, but yeah. um, they have been doing that for the past 10 or 12 years, and just this year, some of this hazing has come out. But um, when we talked about it over radio this week, some of some of the former NFL players I had on said, you mean to tell me that they took out the black players and had them only to do the watermelon contest? And I said, yes. So wow. hazing I had no Northwestern idea. That is crazy. Fired, let go. But some of that still stands. They're going to have to wipe the program clean after this football season and and restart Mm -hmm. over. But nine of the players are suing the university and the athletic department. Yeah, and it's it's what we allow, you know. Exactly. uh, We've got to we've got to stop. But when you have 17, 18, 19-year-old men who are excited to have a scholarship, they don't want to buck the system. Finally, this year, something had to have happened to say, hey, we deserve better. No, we can't do this. No, I'm not going to put up with this. And over in the offseason, about May and June, it all came to a head and came out. And um, I... all I can say is that what what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Yeah. 
I don't understand how you do hazing like that by stripping a young man clean. You promised his parents you're going to take care of him, and you're stripping mm-hmm. him with no clothes on and making him walk to the um, – that's just crazy. And, but, and, and he's, you know, and you've got students that are feeling vulnerable anyway because if I do that or don't do that, I'm going to lose my scholarship and I'm, or I'm exactly. not going to do that any other that's going to happen. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, we'll yeah. keep on top of that for sure. Thank you, Princess, for your time today. Have really appreciate weekend, it. Gretchen. Have a blessed yeah. weekend. And thank you all for listening. Have a blessed weekend. Drink a lot of water. Stay out of the heat. Be safe. This is G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. <laughs>